1: This week's Man in the Post Extra Time as part of the World Football Index. I am Chris. I'm your host. Uh, with me, I've got Alex. Good evening. How are we? Uh, we're very well. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Right. Um, this week, we should be talking about the Champions League. Uh, we should be talking about a 48-team World Cup, plus some the bits and bobs, and this week's Premier League. So, um, as part of everything going <laughs> swimmingly, you told me that you haven't seen any football matches this week.
0: Um yeah, that is correct, yes. I, uh, not, not any Champions League games. Um and I can only apologise for that, really. I, I have spent a lot of time working on, on Premier League related material, so I hope to come on strongly in the second half, uh, in that regard.
1: Okay. So you've not seen Basel 1, Arsenal 4 with the, um the Paris hat trick. That's nine goals in two games for Arsenal. Uh, week time of the year.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't see that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the, the, the sort of perceived wisdom before the game was, uh, this is in Group A, was that um, all PSG had to do was turn up, take their tracksuits off and their beat um, to claim top spot. It didn't quite work out like that. They very nearly lost. It was only a 90-second-minute equaliser by uh, Angle de Maria that, um, that saved any kind of blushes. Uh, but they were booed off the pitch at the end. Um, and then Arsenal got their win and topped the group.
0: And will, yes, the jokes during the round was that they would therefore inevitably face by Munich.
1: Well, yeah, there is a, a whole thing, because we've talked about this a little bit on the pod, is it a good thing finishing first because... You're still going to face somebody decent. Not that it's a bad thing, but you know, it doesn't really matter where you finish because you're still going to face somebody good in the next round more than likely.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's because there are, there are sort of what probably 12 genuinely wealthy teams, um, who are almost certainly going, I mean, I think I saw somewhere that there was only one Champions League group that hadn't Uh, at the stage that this was observed wasn't in the order of the club's wealth and revenue. Mm. Um, so you can pretty much expect who, who is going to come through of particular groups. And you know, it's, it's quite a small number of clubs. There are going to be some very, very significant ones and it's very difficult to avoid them. So I don't think, I don't think first or second makes an enormous amount of difference really. I mean, yeah, okay, you, you can probably assume that you would want to avoid Barcelona, you'd want to avoid Real, um, Bayern Munich, probably Juventus currently. Um, but beyond that, it's like, it's a bit of a crapshoot, isn't it?
1: It is. I mean, it's a bit of a monkey off of Wenger's back because that's one of the th- sticks he gets beaten with, isn't it? You never finish first in the Champions League. Well, here he has. I think it's the first time since 2011 12 season, isn't it? Um have you seen the tweet from someone this week uh, as an Arsenal fan tweeted Kieran Gibbs our second choice left back has got more assists than Paul Pogba the most expensive player in the world uh, to which one united waggers tweeted back Wigan have won one less trophy than Arsenal have in the last 10 years and they've been relegated twice since 2013
0: <laughs> I mean stats don't lie do they
1: No but you can make it what you want out of them don't you can't you Um Vic Reeves uh, says 88% of all statistics are made up <clears throat>
0: Right. But that's two different things, isn't it? Are you talking about making up stats or are you talking about inferring things from stats that aren't particularly relevant?
1: You can infer lots of things from stats. I mean, I was, we talked the other week when you were on, didn't you, about um, there was the the possession-based stats. Or there was the, 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 the left-back who gave the ball, you know, a random figurative sort of left-back who gave the ball mm. away because he was told to boot the ball upfield and then... The other right back heads the ball out for a throw for them. He's lost yeah. possession, but he's got an attacking throw out of it. And
0: this is true, and and it all of this stuff is contextual, isn't mm. it? Um, and I mean, I don't. Pogba's got one assist. in the, is this a Premier League thing?
1: This this assists thingy. Um... It, because I, I think it was just because it, that somebody had replied talking about the Wigan thing. I thought was quite. Amusing. Oh, that's that is quite funny. In the Premier League, Pogba
0: and Gibbs have got the same number of assists, which is one. Um, so I, I mean, that that may not even be a correct joke.
1: Oh, now that, that would be worse.
0: annoying, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Imagine
1: making yeah making a terrible joke and getting it all. I mean, anyway.
0: Juan Mata's only got one assist.
1: Yeah, and you'd rather have one Matter on your team than Geordie Gomez.
0: Right. Or Calvin mean, Ferdinand. Yeah, you add, add uh, Wilfred Zahara's got five assists, right? Mm. <clears throat> He's playing for a side who are doing fucking terribly at the moment. Mm. So, okay, well done Wilfred, that's superb. But does that mean that Wilfred Zahara is, is a better player than Paul Pogba? Uh, You know, because he's, he's playing in a worse team, so it means more, or Pogba's efforts for the team as a whole are outweighing what Zaha's doing on his own, or, yeah, I mean, it's, like, people will throw numbers at stuff, and it's part of this kind of, um, you know, the stat that will make all Manchester United fans cry. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. You know, oh, I'll click on that. But, these things have to be contextualized. You have to understand the way that certain teams play, the positions that certain players are in, maybe that are different from where they were last season. At Juventus, Paul Pogba had much more licence to roam forwards, was more of a creative force. So... You know, it's like, I know this is like a serious take on what you were saying was (laughs) effectively a joke about Wigan, but this
1: shit annoys me. I tell you what, it's it's very similar to or reminds me of um, about three years ago, there was a tweet going round that the wage bill of Queen's Park Rangers Football Club was less than that of Atletico Madrid and hips the types are getting very sniffy about and, and, you know sneery about this um, this statistic to do with QPR. And it's pointed out that if you look at the sponsor of Atletico Madrid, Azerbaijan Airways and their government associations and what their government are responsible for with their human rights record, maybe paying QPR plays a little bit more isn't that much of a bad thing? I mean, you it's know... It's all, like you say, context it's to do with, isn't
0: it's, it? It's all absolutely to do with context. and And this is the thing that upsets me about stats, is that when stats are used correctly... They can bring enormous insight to understanding football. It is not the fault of stats that they have a bad reputation. I like to see, this is the funniest analogy, not funny, stupidest analogy. (laughs) Stats, football stats are like dogs. If a dog shits on your front garden, right, it's not the dog's fault. It's the owner's fault. And football stats are the same. That they are just numbers. They have no agency of their own. It's entirely down to what is done with those numbers. And if people misuse stats, don't get angry at numbers. Get angry at the people that are using numbers badly.
1: Don't take it out on the numbers.
0: Don't take it out on the numbers. Like, you know, if if a dog did a poo on your lawn and it wasn't cleared up, would you kick the dog or would you punch the owner?
1: I'd, no, I'd probably pick it up and tip it on the owner's head.
0: Which is more or less the same thing.
1: Just I pick it up myself. slightly
0: less hygienic.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd get a, one of my own dog bags and pick it up, and then tip it on his head.
0: By which time, I think the owner would probably have gone.
1: Yeah. And of course, if the owner's bigger than me, then I wouldn't do anything.
0: Right, you know, and and this is actually part of the issue. <laughs> <laughs> God, is let's awful. let's let's try and drag this analogy out as well. Are we going to make possible?
1: an hour and a half podcast over a Wigan tweet?
0: <laughs> Why not? But um. This is part of the problem with, uh, with how some places use numbers. I'm not going to ma- name any names at all. Um, and I'm absolutely definitively not talking about Opta here, by the way. Um, but there are, there are sites that absolutely will drag numbers out of context and say, okay, so there was a good example the other day with, um, Carius, uh, the Liverpool goalkeeper who has got quite a low save percentage. And if you just rank save percentages for Premier League goalkeepers, it tells you very, very little, really, because it's down to so many other factors. Okay, if you look at percentage saves within the box, you get a slightly better idea than just bold percentage terms. Um, but, you know, again, what's the defense they're playing behind? What are the sort of shots they're giving up? Who are the teams that they've played against? Who are the strikers of those teams they've played against? Do those shots include penalties? Because actually percentage save stats tend to include penalties. So, you know, you can't just say, oh, Loris Karras is a shit goalkeeper because he's got a low save percentage or a comparably low save percentage. You have to explain these things. But in the context of a tweet put out by Sky Sports... There isn't any of that context. So instead, people either go, oh, that's fucking stupid. Everyone knows Lloris Karras is a good goalkeeper, is the second best goalkeeper in the Bundesliga last season. Or they say, God, look, Karras is rubbish. You know, let's all laugh at Liverpool. There's no chill (laughs) around any of this stuff. It's all one thing or the other. And it really annoys me as somebody who uses football stats quite a lot in what I do, you know, to try and take the time to explain Why things are relevant and Mm. and to use them sensibly. Um, you know, it takes effort and it it doesn't really suit the way that the media is set up these days.
1: And breathe. Yeah. (laughs) Well, look, next up for Arsenal, they are at home to Stoke on Saturday. Um, Arsenal won three out of their last four in all competitions. And remember last week they had that absolute hammering of, um, West Ham, didn't they?
0: Indeed. And Sanchez is wow at the moment.
1: Well, Sanchez and Ozil have been linked with little moves away because they haven't signed new contracts yet, have they?
0: Yeah. Do we take any of that stuff seriously, I really? I think
1: so. I think this is just the thing yeah. have to talk about, and it's getting towards January.
0: Yeah. It's Arsenal have only had two players um, that have appeared... In all 14 of their games so far this season, Sanchez being one of them. The other obviously is, well not obviously, but the other is Petr Cech. This is Premier League games by the way. Mm. Um and he's just like, you know, he's, he's assisting, he's scoring that. He's,
1: he's gonna break it uh, at
0: some point. Goal was, well this is always the concern of Arsenal fans, isn't it? That, and, and as you get towards, um, I remember this from last season when when they were getting into the kind of fortnight before uh I guess it would have been Champions League quarterfinals maybe mm. um and and there was a suggestion that he had some sort of twinge um maybe a hamstring thing which is not a massive surprise for a player who is a lot of a speed merchant in terms of you know it's obviously he 's a hugely skillful player but he runs a lot and he runs Quick, so hamstrings are are a worry, and he kept kind of feeling it and sort of wanting to come off. And Wenger was saying, "No, no, no, stay on," or he wanted to stay on. And and that Arsenal fans on Twitter are like, "Oh my god, take him off, take him off!" Because they are hugely reliant on him. You know, he's twenty five goals in his last twenty five Premier League appearances. He's had a hand in either scoring or assisting.
1: Wait, he's- you know,
0: I'm just going to say, this is, like it's a massive proportion of what Arsenal's output is.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's been ever-present this season, like you say. He's had Copa America um, this summer and last summer, summer before he had the World Cup, plus he's had full seasons in between. He's going to break at some point, isn't he?
0: You would think he either that or he won't necessarily break. He'll just peter out like Rooney's kind of done. And and in two three years' time, everyone will be going, "God, Sanchez is shit, isn't he?" Because <laughs> <laughs> people have also got horrifically short memories, Um and and uh, yeah, I don't know. But then if you're if you're Wenger, you kind of you want to squeeze every last bit of juice from the orange, don't you? Yeah, you that do. does that does make sense, and yeah. and it's not like the alternatives up front are particularly inspiring?
1: No, no. No I mean having said all that I can't see anything other than Arsenal win.
0: Against Stoke.
1: Yeah, they've um, the last fourteen <laughs> times they played they've won all of them and kept eight clean sheets. Yeah, that's true. Which you but probably then, already know.
0: I do already know that. <laughs> um but Stoke Stoke are on a really good run at the moment and they the Emirates right but I would say that recent league form is more important than historical head to head in terms of gauging a likely outcome Mm. I'm just saying that Stoke you know I'm not saying Stoke are going to win with a Zerdan Shakiri fucking screamer from 25 yards out but which if they won is probably how they'd win um
1: Oh, I I like just... that Chilean play we were talking
0: <clears throat> about before we came on. The the volley man.
1: The sixty five yard volley man. <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it?
0: He just he never has to do anything again in football. He's immortalised now, <laughs> um, on you know various video sharing platforms. Um, no, I just I just think Stoker have really kind of found a rhythm, um, and they're playing very very well. So, you know. The the change to Lee Grant in goal and the improvement of Martin Zende in the centre of defence has been a huge huge bonus for Mark Hughes, um and uh, tightened up because they were still scoring reasonably well. They just looked shaky when Shea Given was in goal.
1: Yeah, well, they need Jack Butland back at some point, don't they?
0: They need. Jack, sorry,
1: you... sorry, Jack Butland back.
0: Yeah, they. I mean, you know, Jack. Jack. The fact he's being injured for such a long time is a real shame for for England internationally as well as for Stoke. Um but yeah, I mean Grant is doing very well. They did two clean sheets in the last two games and they've won. That's yeah, it's not bad.
1: Mm. Well, also the Champions League on Tuesday for English cups was Man City won Celtic one. Patrick Roberts gave them the lead and then uh, Inacho um equalized. It was already it was, City were already short a second and Celtic were already confirmed in last place. Um, so Barcelona finished that group top on fifteen points. City got nine, Bristol got about five, Celtic got three. Uh this weekend Manchester City are away at or yes, they're away at Leicester City, aren't they? Did they, they got no Sergio Aguero? Did you see what Trevor Sinclair blamed Sergio Aguero's really bad tackle on?
0: Him being a fuck
1: No, he blamed it on the uh, Brazilian plane crash. Right. He said that um, his head is from that end of the world. Pretty much he's from that end of the world um, and his head might not have been in the right place and sometimes you take these things onto the football pitch. Um, So that was when Argentinian Sergio Aguero tackled Brazilian David Luiz, who you would think might be a little bit more affected by it
0: uh yeah i mean that's that's pretty remarkable
1: <laughs> it was a pretty atrocious thing to say
0: yeah i'm what? just i'm sort of left a bit bereft of comment where that's concerned yeah i think some things are so stupid you just let them speak for themselves
1: yes don't dignify them in response you just hang them out and that's on facebook yeah. sometimes people say things on facebook that you don't like you don't reply you just leave it there
0: I mean, I don't really do anything on Facebook ever now. Do
1: you not? No.
0: I, I, I post articles I've written and photos I've taken of the dog, but that's it.
1: Yeah.
0: Facebook's kind of a waste of time.
1: Do you know what? It, it is, but it means I don't have to ring my mum because I just put pictures of the kids on there.
0: Mm. I, think that, I think that messenger service is a way of keeping in touch with people, particularly if they're abroad, is really useful. Yeah. But I mean, I don't, I don't use it to get into, you know, diatribes or arguments. God, fuck, I've got Twitter for that.
1: Well, exactly? I do you know what I, um, I learned that the hard way during Brexit as well. <laughs> I lost oh, about four or five friends over that in Brexit.
0: Never talk about politics, oh, man.
1: Bloody hell, not on Facebook, no.
0: Never anywhere. I just don't see
1: the. I mean, what well, Twitter's like, for that? For lols, really, isn't it? Ah.
0: Uh, i've I've got opinions on stuff, yeah, but I don't I'm you're not going to find me staunchly advocating one view or another, particularly because I think there are people that are better qualified to do that. There are people whose job it is to do that, and I think the majority of people that follow me do so because of football, and they're not actually that fussed or interested in what I think about Brexit or the Supreme Court or any of the rest of it.
1: No, that's true, well, there's plenty of other people to follow for that, isn't there. Um, Exactly, yeah. I do do quite like... I I put the odd chippy little thing in. And I don't... I'm not sure I even mean it myself. You know when you sort of tweet things and you think, do I... I kind of like... Do I even mean this myself or is this just sort of some devil's advocate point of view?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I retweet people that I agree with. So I think if you read what I retweeted, it would be pretty obvious what side of the fence I'm on. But... I just don't. I just think there are people who are better qualified to talk about these things than I am.
1: That's true. Yes, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> that sounds pretty rude. I didn't mean that you're not qualified. i was just agreeing with you. Oh no, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, so how do you think this is going to get on? This was um, when this was at the Etihad. Uh, this was the one where Leicester won three-one, didn't it? The week before they lost to Arsenal in their sort of debut run. Yeah, and then they drew nil-nil last season, didn't they, at um, the King Power? not feel mm. the street and that was the other place yeah <laughs> well Leicester didn't do very well in the Champions League this week they lost 5-0 uh, the
0: which is I mean Leicester have got one point from their six pre-Champions League games
1: hmm Ranieri's won seven out of eight versus uh, Manchester City yeah <laughs> which presumably goes back quite a long way um
0: yeah <laughs> I mean, I guess because that would be that would include Chelsea as well, wouldn't
1: it? Yeah, it would do as well. Um, Manchester City aren't playing great at the minute, aren't they? And I can, I can see a draw in this.
0: Yeah, I I could see a draw conceivably. Um, I think I don't think either side are playing well, uh, but I think they're they're playing. I think they're playing badly for different reasons. I think I think Pep is still still kind of tinkering and still changing. Uh, stuff around um, and you know forty six changes to a starting eleven mm. this season is a bit you know it's the most for a start, but it it suggests a manager who isn't. I think with Pep, it's more likely that he's not convinced of the quality of the squad and their ability to do what he's asking them to, rather than he doesn't know what he wants to do yet. Yes. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, Leicester just aren't able to do what they were doing last season. You know, Maros and Vardy are not linking up the way they were. There are stats that prove that. Um, Canty obviously is a huge miss. Uh, and oddly, you know, they've not really, they've not played Amati, who's the player who's most like him as often as perhaps they might. Um, And sometimes King's in there, sometimes Drinkwater's in there. It just, they also seem, oddly, they seem to, because they spent quite a lot of money on forwards. Mm. If you count Musa as a forward, but definitely Slomani, already having a Joe Okazaki, Vardy. It's kind of like almost the sort of like knee-jerk reaction to being a relegation-threatened team again. Oh, fuck it, let's lump 15 million on a striker. Mm. When actually, really what they needed was to throw all of their money at getting someone who could replicate what Kante did. And they just didn't really do it. Uh,
1: no, they didn't. I'm struggling I'm to think of somebody who could, they could have got. but.
0: Uh, well, Martin DeRue, who Middlesbrough signed from Atalanta and had, in Serie A, almost identical figures to Kante in the Premier League last season.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's now playing really well for Middlesbrough, yeah. Okay. Foot uh, one.
1: Sorry. For one.
0: For one? Yeah. Okay. Or Idris Agui, who was the yes, second was best Villa, wasn't he? defending midfield. Yeah, I mean, his numbers were f- were not far behind Kante, and he was playing for a terrible, terrible side. Mm. Um, And, you know, that's why Everton leapt at the opportunity to get him. Again, Leicester could have done a lot worse than sign him. Yep. Um, But, you know.
1: Okay. Well, over in Group E, Spurs uh, they beat CSK three one. That was Harry Kane, Dele Alli, Igor Akinfeev with a, a cheeky own goal. Um,
0: <laughs> he's he's always good for a clangor, isn't he, Akinfeev? He
1: is, isn't he? I mean, it's a bit funny because he does so well in the Russian league. Obviously, it shows the disparate or the sort of gap between the Russian league and the Champions League. But there's, mm. the, there's the stat about him, isn't there? But being scoring own goals to deny himself a clean sheet is something. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the, um, the little bit of shithousery by Deli Elli to go with his dive last weekend versus Swansea? Uh,
0: no, I didn't.
1: Um, ball goes out for... Well, players injured, so Ball gets kicked out of play. Uh, it's a Spurs throw. You'd think Spurs throw it back to uh, Akin in goal and all carries on as per the convention. Um, well... Throw, the player. Gets, the first player throws the ball to Ali who you kind of think is going to tap it back to Akinfee from about 25 yards out he does a sort of casual swing at the ball which was supposed to be disguised as a pass back to Akinfee actually it was a 25 yarder curling into the top corner that Akinfee had to tip over the bar and Cescola not happy <laughs> <laughs> he's a little nasty one all that, those, those little vines of him waving on Twitter they're, they're masking somebody in there yeah, yeah.
0: I like it. I do as well. I've got no issue with that at all. Do
1: you know what? I had a debate at work this week, um, and um, it was talk- they were talking about football players pay too much, blah 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 blah. Uh, football players cheat. Don't get rugby players to do that. Blah blah blah. And I stuck up and I said, well, firstly, I quite like to see more of this kind of thing, mm. um, and secondly, if you've got a problem with a football player being paid that much money, surely you'd also be have a problem with yourself being paid that much money if you were offered it and of course then you go into big arguments and you're seen as the weirdo
0: i got a press release into my inbox like a week or two ago that was comparing you yeah
1: wow you're like a proper <laughs> journalist and everything
0: oh mate um and it was comparing what footballers earn uh compared to film stars and musicians and whatnot, but doing it by basically working out their their earnings relative to the amount of time they spend doing what they're doing. Mm. And not like rehearsals or training or what have you, but, but actually in terms of, sort of the, the breakdown. And obviously the methodology is a little flawed, but even accounting for that, Footballers earn peanuts compared to film people and, and musicians,
1: mm. the
0: big musicians. Um, and you know, it's it's a market that we all collude in. Um, you know, if people were really that upset about the cost of a ticket to go and watch Arsenal, they'd stop going. Exactly. They don't. Exactly. Not that I'm singling Arsenal out here, no. but you know.
1: Oh, they begin with A they must have been the first team that came into your head
0: Um, yeah probably something like that yeah um,
1: there's not an odd FC is there
0: no I'm trying to th- I don't know why they came into my head to be fair because I'm not even looking at their name on the screen but I just I, yeah I mean you know we're all guilty of it one way or another
1: oh yeah definitely um, we're next up Spurs they're away at Manchester United uh, Spurs are <laughs> in the Europa League now haven't they uh, Monaco and Bayer Leverkusen qualified out of that group the next stage yeah. of the Champions League. Monaco um, are on
0: fire at the moment.
1: They are, aren't they? And Falcao's going again.
0: Yeah, and they've got this little attacking midfielder called Thomas Lamar, who is awesome. Mm. So, yeah, keep an eye on him.
1: Yeah, well, they've kind of gone full circle with their Russian oligarch owner, haven't they? they? They've stopped splurging all the money so much, haven't they?
0: Right, but also, interestingly, with that is that they've started to develop... Um, some quite good young French players. Yeah. Um and they've got a winger whose name I I can't even try to pronounce because it's got lots of B's and Ps in it. But he's he's very exciting. They've got a midfielder called Bakayoko who's uh a sort of um kind of like a a Kondogbia style midfielder but maybe two, three years younger. And they yeah, I think they've realised that you can't I always remember this with Real Madrid and the Galacticos, you know, the idea was always to pair four or five massive name signings with homegrown products and I think Monaco tried to do the let's buy everyone and then have realised that actually, you know, Real Madrid had a combination of both for a reason Mm. um, and have sort of fallen slightly back on that and it seems to be suiting them really well.
1: Yeah, definitely. And we're the top of the group as well, so... In theory, they should get the easy part of the draw. Um, next up for Spurs, they are away at Manchester United, who tonight have uh, qualified for the next round of the, or the knockout stages of the Europa League. Um, this is the game on the. This, this is Old Trafford. So, this was the first game of last season. Remember, this the Carl Walker own goal that gave United a one nil win.
0: I, I don't remember it, but I believe that it happened.
1: I definitely did. The sort of cross came across the six-yard box and Rooney kind of put him off a bit by shouting boo or something and <laughs> he sort of ended up falling over and kicking his ball in the back of his net. Spurs have lost 19 times at Old Trafford in the Premier League and Harry Kane has never scored against them. So it seems a little bit difficult for them. But United draw a lot, don't they?
0: Yeah, as as I've been saying for a little while now, um, Man United are better than people are giving them credit for. Mm. They basically just need to start scoring goals. Um, And if particularly... uh, Ibrahimovic's numbers are... Yes, numbers are really good, except for his shot conversion. For some reason, even though he's still finding the target a lot, he's actually just not scoring goals. If he ramps it up a little bit, or other people weigh in, and I do feel that there's an issue here with... Mourinho's selection of attacking players I think he's still a bit confused about who he wants there but in every other respect Manchester United not doing badly
1: well McTarin scored a little scorcher tonight have you seen that
0: I haven't no but I'm uh, thank God Mourinho has woken up to how good he is mm. I mean I say thank God like I'm a Man United fan I'm not <laughs> but I just no to have a player of that quality in the Premier League and not be able to watch him week in week out just seems ridiculous he's I, a wonderful I, player
1: No, I agree with you. I've gone by my angry youth stage of wanting all of the teams with Liverpool to fail miserably. So I'm Uh, quite quite happy now if uh, United have got a player that's as wonderful as him and scoring lots of
0: games. I'd I'd rather just watch good football. No, I think think Spurs could be in for a surprise here.
1: Really? Mm. Why is that?
0: Why is that? Because I just think that United... Possibly a, almost sort of due a result where it clicks for them.
1: Oh, sorry. I thought you were saying that you <clears> think Spurs <throat> were going to win. You think United are going to.
0: No, I think United are going to win. Right, I think okay. most people would expect that. Okay. Yeah. Your stat about 19 visits is absolutely correct. Obviously, but, um, I think, I think a lot of people would look at this and expect Spurs to, to be marginal favorites for it. Um, I just don't, I I think that United at home, but, but what I guess what I'm saying is not just that Man United will win, but that I think they'll win probably quite comfortably, Mm. um, and surprise people and, and it'll be the, it'll be beautiful because we'll be straight back onto the, when everyone said Jose was a busted flush, they were wrong narrative. I love that.
1: Yeah, podcasts are very bipolar, aren't they? He's either terrible or he's amazing. It's the same with like sort of a lot of players or managers. If they lose, they're awful. If they win, they're brilliant. Week to week, it's
0: it's like people don't remember what they said last week. Everyone's a goldfish. It's just remarkable, <laughs> and it literally takes one result. Like Liverpool lose four three to Bournemouth, and all of a sudden, Jurgen Klopp's a fucking idiot, and. Uh, of course, they're not going to win the title. I mean, they're not going to win the title because Chelsea are. But you know, it's like, guys, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Up until that that one game against a Bournemouth side who are no mugs,
1: mm.
0: you know, even if they hadn't won that game, they'd still probably be, you know, twelfth, thirteenth in the table. That, like, it's it's not a massive surprise. And and it it doesn't mean you can write off everything that's been achieved by Liverpool this season. Liverpool are still attacking extraordinarily well. I just, yeah, I despair of people.
1: <laughs> hell is Sorry. other people. Sartre it is really, right.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Sartre didn't have to deal with the fucking internet.
1: No, he did Well, also, if you've ever been to a children's party, Sartre would have also gone on to say his hell is other people's children. But,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I'd agree with that too.
1: Yeah, my daughter's birthday party is next week, and I'm yeah, I'm going to be reliving that in my head for a long time. Uh, elsewhere in the Champions League, in Group D, uh, Bayern Munich beat Atletico Madrid won 0 with a rather sumptuous Robert Lewandowski free-kick. I didn't have him down as a free-kick taker, really. Um, More of a fox-in-the-box kind of
0: player. Yeah. I, I can't remember him taking free-kicks, but then again, I think he would be one of those ones where even if he were quite good at it you'd, you'd actually, generally speaking you'd want him in the box anyway, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um I'm trying to think who was taking the free kicks for Poland during uh, the Euros and it was mostly like Bash- Blasikowski or Kapustka. Mm. Um, yeah.
1: Mm. You'd want him but, to sort of toe poke in the rebound or something, wouldn't you?
0: Exactly, yeah. Oh. Why shackle the man?
1: Exactly. It was a very good free kick if you get a chance to watch it. Um, PSV drew 0-0 with Rostov. Uh, so you finished that group with a Madrid 15 points by a minute. 12, Rostov 5, PSV 2. Group B, oh, group B, group B. Ricardo Quaresma had his heart broken. Did you see this?
0: Um,
1: No. Besiktas, unbeaten Besiktas. Um, oh, they got humped, didn't they, by oh, Kiev? they did. All they needed to do was to better... Um, Benfica's result against Napoli against bottom of the table Kiev so Napoli did their beat they beat Benfica 1-0 and as you say they got humped by Kiev they ended the game with 9 men in fact they had most of the second half with 9 men as well there was the ball into the penalty area where uh, it was possibly a foul and if you're going to give a foul the position it was in you had to give a red card and then Abubakar got a second yellow for kicking the ball away after giving away a free kick Paul Scenes. Besiktas. Scenes. Besiktas. Were they beat Napoli and everything.
0: Yeah, but that was a massive well, it wasn't a massive surprise, but it was a surprise.
1: Yeah. Um so Napoli finished top of that group on eleven points, Benfica eight, Paul Bashikis on seven, Kiev on five. Um group F, Liage Warsaw beat sporting one nil. And Real Madrid do two two with brusi Dortmund, two Benzema goals and then uh, abumia and Marco Royce in the last minute. So Dortmund though, top that group. And then mm. you've got Madrid on twelve. Uh, And then finally, Group H, Juventus beat Dinamo Zagreb 2-0. Dinamo finished with nul poids. And Leon drew nil-nil with Seville in the fog. I'm doubt over that game was going to go ahead. So, Juventus finished top of that group of 14 points. Seville on 11, qualify for the Champions League and will not get a chance to defend their Europa League.
0: They must be devastated. Do you think they would be? No.
1: (laughs) I don't know. That's very odd, Uh, which leaves Manchester United with a a straight, clear snatch through to the Europa League glory. Someone said in the Manchester United rank cast this week, would finishing sixth and winning the League Cup and the Europa League be considered a success? And I suppose it would. And it's an entirely conceivable situation. You can see that, can't you? If if you
0: offered me finishing sixth, winning the Europa (laughs) League and the League Cup as a Southampton fan, I'd bite your fucking hand off.
1: (laughs) I can see Manchester United doing that, though, can't you?
0: There's real fucking hubris in saying, is that a success?
1: There is, oh. yes. But, I mean, you can look at it from the fact that Manchester United are a bigger club than that sort of thing. But I can... Pa. <laughs> I can see that happening,
0: though. Um, I mean, it would be a gloriously... Yeah. Yeah, no, I can see that happening. <laughs> I can see that happening. Well, we'll know. We'll know how everyone's going to do come Christmas anyway, won't we? So... Yeah, we will. Because pretty much everything stays the same.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, we were talking a little bit earlier on. These are the teams that finished second uh, in the Champions League groups, or some of them anyway. So you've got Seville, Real Madrid, PSG, uh, Manchester City, Bayern Munich. So for Leicester finishing top of their group, and maybe Monaco and Napoli as well, you're still going to get a hell of a team more than nightly, aren't you? Mm,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you've got to wonder at what point Leicester feel like they should withdraw gracefully um
1: like john sergeant on (laughs) street
0: yeah well i mean effectively they've what they've they've taken one point from the games prior to champions league games Mm. so they're obviously for whatever reason that they're Cock- i don't know whether they changed the training or they're anticipating it or because they're not changing their squad all that much mm. they're changing it a lot more than they did last season mm. um but it it's it's really starting to have an effect and you kind of think the longer it goes on the more points they're dropping I'm not saying they're going to be relegation threatened or anything like that but they you know they do it they're pretty woeful at the moment oh, so okay. so they might think fuck it let's that's not I, I think they're probably relieved that they're through and they're not ensconced in a europa league campaign and that they'll probably get knocked out in the next round and they'll have their dignity intact because they'll go out to a big side quote unquote mm. and then they can concentrate on getting their shit together in the league
1: yeah that sounds entirely reasonable um Other bits of news this week. A 48-team World Cup has been touted by Gianni Infantino. 16 groups of three countries uh, in a 48-team knockout tournament. The top two progressed to the last 32 and a knockout from there. Uh, It won't happen any earlier than the 2026 World Cup. I suggested this and uh, the reaction I got pretty much suggested that, you know, I'd quite happily kick a dog down the street. Um, It didn't go down very well at all.
0: It's no, I mean, okay, the first thing to say is that pretty much any suggestion that comes out of FIFA is going to be derided by quote unquote proper football fans
1: anyway that's what I said
0: FIFA could probably come up with the best fucking idea ever uh, FIFA could probably cure cancer, and the people would turn <laughs> around and go, yeah, but who fucking paid for it mm. yeah, that's that's and that's fiFA's fault there in that state. The main problem with uh 16 groups of three is what happens if you get three one all draws or three two all draws or whatever which in world cup football is utterly plausible if not actually quite likely (laughs) right so you know um wilson's suggestion is to cut the world cup to 16 teams Mm -hmm. um but have a much much bigger global qualification uh Which I think would be quite interesting. Um, I, like, my attitude is I find qualifying as it currently stands a bit tedious, but I like watching tournament level international football. Mm. And part of the reason I like it is because I want to come across Iceland or Costa Rica. Uh, I want to look at teams where I may only actually know, you know, four or five of the players pre tournament yeah and, and and learn about them and discover them so for me if if there's an opportunity with a 48 team world cup to to look at some teams that I would not have really come across before that is exciting to me
1: yeah
0: uh, that's not the most sensible argument in favor of a format though
1: no um, i mean, really i mean my points were exactly the same as as you i mean do you remember the confederations cup last time with tahiti on and how everyone went for them I'm not suggesting we go as low down as Tahiti but um, I think the people against it were very much European centric Um, Mm -hmm. and I think if you ask people in Asia or Africa or Oceania then you'd get a different reaction I mean there's no guarantee of any representation from Oceania at all when they have to have that playoff at the end of their qualification Right? what point is a World Cup if you're not going to have one of the continents represented
0: well, and also because, you know, Oceana play off against, um, against one of the winners or one of the runners-up of the Asian
1: Federation. I thought it was South American, wasn't it?
0: I thought it was Asian. I thought it was like Australia against Jordan last time around or something.
1: Well, Australia now in the Asian Confederation, aren't they?
0: Oh, is that how that works? Yes. A- Australia- See, it's confusing even me.
1: Well that was the, one of the reasons they wanted to join the Asian Confederation was for this so they recent.
0: didn't have to do that right okay yeah. well that makes a lot of sense it's I should have picked up on that um but yeah okay so in that case no because you get what New Zealand against Uruguay or something and then yeah yeah um yeah. but i mean yeah okay there are always going to be pretty rubbish teams in world football for a whole host of reasons
1: but it's great to watch
0: but, them though. But it's great to watch them. And also, let's be honest, that if you look across at rugby, and obviously the, the pool of nations that play rugby at a comparative level to the pool of nations that play football at that level is, is much, much smaller. But the increasing exposure of the so-called Tier 2 nations, people like Japan, the Pacific Islands, um, Georgia, you know, the more tests they 've played in the last decade against the tier one nations, the better they 've all got. Hmm. Italy have improved enormously, partly as a result of being in the Six Nations and partly as a result of the fact that two of their teams um, regularly compete in the Champions Cup, as it 's now called um, that 's how teams get better by playing teams that are good and 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 if you if you stack qualifying so that it 's you know, these tiny, tiny pots of teams that are all rubbish who then come to the top of that pot and then immediately get thumped by someone who's good and that's the end of them. They, they aren't going to improve. Hmm.
1: Exactly. exactly. Oh, I could have done you yesterday in my bus journey home when I was tweeting. Ah, you know. <laughs> um, some European games this weekend. We've got 1st we 3rd in league 1 as third place Paris, Saint-Germain take on Nice, Um PSG in 35 points, four points behind Nice. Um, Portugal's got Benfica in first on 29 versus Sporting in second on 27. And a couple of games in Italy is it's the Turin derby. Uh, Turin mm. versus Juve. Um, and it's second place Roma versus third place Milan as well. Good week for BT Sport.
0: Very good week for BT Sport. But I, I applaud BT Sport for what they put on, so... I begrudge them that not.
1: I was going to say, I love BT Sport. I don't think there's mm. ever a bad week on BT Sport. I find their Premier League coverage a bit meh, but their European coverage is brilliant.
0: Yeah, I don't watch their Premier League coverage. No. But I, I, and I, I've got this handy little app on my phone called Live Football uh, on TV. It says never miss a match again. And you know what? It's not lying. Um, well, uh, I think what it means is never miss a match that is actually being shown on TV because obviously I miss plenty of matches that aren't. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this means that I can have a look and see what's on every day, and BT Sport cover loads of great stuff.
1: Right, it's coming to Christmas, so they'll be having their twenty for twenty documentaries as well.
0: Mm. Christmas is going to be mental for football, isn't
1: it? It's going to be great.
0: Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Not for me. I've got so much work to do.
1: Well, it was the third FA Cup third round draw this weekend as well. FA Cup third round weekend is my favourite weekend of the season. Okay, I know it goes on over about four or five days now, but you do get more teams on telly.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. Um, I, you know, if it's there, I'll watch it pretty much.
1: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, well, back to the Premier League then. Uh, the early kickoff on Saturday is Watford versus uh, Everton. Seamus Coleman is fit. No. Yannick Bellassi. Um last season this finished a 2-2 draw, I seem to remember this was quite a sort of um, exciting finish, wasn't it, that game last season, Gareth Barry, you probably know this, you probably wrote this, mm. 609 appearances, level with who?
0: Frank Lampard,
1: and only who ahead?
0: Ryan Giggs on 632,
1: <laughs> and Watford for not beating Everton Man. since?
0: March 1987 don't bring this shit at me
1: <laughs> I should I, I've all over this piece of paper I've got quiz Ryan written next to it man this is but yeah he, he dropped out at the last minute his PC's died so I can't do this unfortunately
0: well you should yeah it's a shame that he knows that I would know about that stuff because it would be quite funny to sort of do it as a sort of like quite a casual head-to-head, and then I just whoop him, <laughs> and he's thinking, "What? This is
1: so unfair." Who's this guy?
0: Not knowing that I actually do it for my
1: job. Uh, they got their draw last week, didn't they? Um, against Manchester United, Watford have won their last two though against West Brom and Stoke. I can still see all these being a Watford win.
0: With the way Everton are playing at the moment, absolutely. Yeah. And and the fact is that. Watford will be looking at the fact that Balassi is injured and absolutely delighted um mm. uh, because you know he's he's arguably been um not even really arguably he, he's been Everton's most productive player going forwards uh and Everton have have um sorry Watford have conceded the most goals from crosses mm. so you know <laughs> you the opposition lose their most productive winger the week before the game, you're going to be going, thank the Lord, aren't you? <laughs> um, Watford is still a cure and take to me. I mean, they, they their lineups are chopping and changing. Their formation, four at the back, five at the back, three at the back with two pushed up. They they don't seem massively sure what they're up to yet. Um, but I think they'll settle and they'll be comfortably mid table and I think they'll get three points here.
1: Okay. Um, Burnley versus West Brom. This is the Eddie Howe derby, of course, isn't it? He won. It the... is,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah, he won 34 out of 87 in Burnley. Did you write this one? This is the 822nd different matchup in Premier League history. If you did, uh, then you deserve a big holiday or something.
0: Uh, no, that's, that is from Opta directly, that one.
1: Is it? Well, whoever came up yeah. with that one deserves a big pat on the back and a week off somewhere mm. with a big fat cigar.
0: Or they just have a list that they add to. Yeah, all right. I mean, it is all off computers and shit these days.
1: Yeah. I was imagining going through these old leather-bound <laughs> ledgers wearing sort of white gloves or something.
0: I think if you're looking at some stuff, then you, you're still doing that, aren't you? But, well, I, I probably a lot of that's now been digitalized. But, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you want to give me a, a Premier League thing to look up, like who scored the most left-footed goals on a Sunday or something? I, I could probably find that in about two minutes. It oh, would make really I just... shits listening, but yeah, I mean, it's like it, the data's there. It's to me the interesting thing is is what you're then extracting from that to tell a story.
1: I was hoping some poor scribes sat there going from August 1992. Well, you, sometimes.
0: Sometimes it's easier to actually go through like I was, I did a piece for UMAX this week on goal difference hmm. and it was massively easier to just go through each of the 24 Premier League tables and and kind of copy it into an excel sheet and then do all the rest of it from there you know th- there are things that are definitely easier to find by looking at the original table or whatever it is, but for something like that no.
1: This is letting daylight in upon magic. This is we're gonna to have to move on. Uh, Hull versus Crystal Palace. This is Alan Pardew's 300th game as manager, mm-hmm. and he's the fifth Englishman to get there. Kirbishly mm-hmm. surprised me. <laughs> Redknapp, Steve, Harry Redknapp, Steve Bruce, Big Sam, and Alan Kirbishley.
0: Why did Kirbishly surprise you?
1: I didn't think Charlton would play 300 Premier League games, of which let's remember he quit a season or so before their demise didn't he
0: uh yeah that's true um I don't,
1: I oh, don't he know. went to West Ham as well didn't he I forgot about that
0: yeah how long was he at West Ham for though because I thought that was pretty short as 10 years ago as well
1: it wasn't very long was it I'm surprised, um, I'm surprised to see him there.
0: Was Charlton's stint in the top flight, was he manager for all of that?
1: No, because he stepped down about the last season or so to go. I mean, generally they had Les Reid for about six weeks, didn't they?
0: Who's now of our parish. That's
1: right. He Charlton played... Gerrard that he was good.
0: He wasn't wrong. Um, <laughs> Charlton Athletic played 304 Premier League games.
1: Okay, so imagine he was there for most of them and then he had that stint at West Ham. Okay, seems a bit more feasible now. Yeah. He's very good on the Goal show on Channel 5. Have you seen that? No. He's very good on there. Okay. And you'll see the best-dressed footballer ever, Chris Iwilumo. All right. He wears a suit to the point where he even puts a handkerchief in his suit and he's only on there as a pundit.
0: That is actually reason to tune in.
1: Oh, it's great. All right. You should go see him. I'll have a look. <laughs> uh, Swansea versus Sunderland. Um, is it too early to say this is a relegation six-pointer?
0: Um, is it? I don't know. I think I think Sunderland have turned a corner here.
1: Do you? Um, Do you think it's yeah. just a little blip in an otherwise turgid season?
0: I don't know. It's... they The amount that they've managed to improve in the last four games
1: mm.
0: is, is remarkable and has coincided with the increasing use of an either up front with Jermaine Defoe or okay. If Defoe gets injured, they're fucked. Like we'll just lay that out straight away. Mm. Um, but an I think has started to add something to them that they were lacking before when they weren't selecting him. I think the other thing that's really interesting about Sunderland actually this does go for Hull as well, they score a vast proportion of their goals in the second half. Um Hull score almost eighty two percent of their goals in the second half. And no, where some, in the second half? uh that I don't know. So I mean I like could really late ones or I could find it out, but no, but it, it to me if a team is coming back out. Having, particularly having conceded quite a lot of their goals in the first half as well as, as is the case with Sunderland. And then scoring, in Sunderland's case, almost 79% of their goals in the second half. I don't think they've given up on Moyes. Cause obviously what he's, or part of what he's saying or the changes that he's making at half time are having a positive effect. And I think if you add that momentum into uh the be change and the fact that they should get three points here because Swansea are dire, then you could start to see them kind of inching their way back up.
1: There's a that's... lot of revisionism about Moyes, isn't there? Since he failed at Manchester United, people kind of forget the previous 10 years he had at Everton.
0: Yeah, but I don't think that's because... Look, I think he made a huge. Um, well, I think he made significant mistakes at Man United. I, I don't think people are being unjustly critical
1: of him. No, but since then, he's become kind of a figure of fun, particularly this season, and I think all the way through, he's kind of said, "Just bear with me." Yeah, I know what I'm doing. And yeah,
0: I mean, look, the, you know, this is a team that has snatched not being relegated from the jaws of being relegated for like three, four seasons in a row now this is a team with massive massive problems and so for a manager any manager to come in in that position would find it extraordinarily difficult and i think moise has been absolutely right to say don't judge me straight away i mean they've they've added 9 points in their last four games hmm. so that's you know that is a real shift they're playing pretty reductive football. I mean, they're basically, they're playing a very defensive midfielder and a centre-back in the centre of their midfield. It's it's not going to win any prizes, but he, you know, he knows what he's doing. He's not a shit manager. He never has been. And, and Swansea, on the other hand, are in free fall.
1: They are, and I really, really want Bob Bradley to do well.
0: Yeah I do too and a lot of that is because of this sort of sneery attitude Mm. to him when he came in but I've got to say unless something changes pretty rapidly you're going to have to look at it and go yeah actually he has been shit
1: but he's only been there two minutes
0: um by
1: transfer window
0: right but they don't have the worst squad in the world, and he's leaving 30-odd million pounds worth of striker on the bench pretty much every game. Yeah. You know, why Why you're playing Sigurdsson is a false nine. It's clearly not working. Swansea are good at one thing, right? Crossing. Mm-hmm. They're the most accurate side in the Premier League for crossing. They're the only team who has a greater than 30% accuracy with crossing. And they've got Fernando Llorente, mm who is an absolute beast in the air. And what are they doing? <laughs> They're not fucking playing him. It's like, guys, it's basic, you know?
1: I put at the start of the season in my fantasy team, I did put Laurenti in because I thought, I, I was I was an um, arm between either him or um, Negredo to put right. in my fantasy team. And I went with Lorente because of Juve. And I thought <laughs> he's going to get 20 goals this season. And mm? it's just bizarre he's not played.
0: Well, he, he what's could, what's bizarre is that Swansea Swansea are playing a tactical system predicated on crossing the ball to a large centre forward and then leaving the centre forward on the bench. Hmm. It just just makes no sense whatsoever, really.
1: He was getting pissed off as well, Laurenti.
0: I imagine he must be. Hmm. Um, and it's not like Baston's a shoddy backup either. No, but. I Yeah, I, I don't know, really, with Swansea. I I can't say anything other than I just think that they're terrible at the moment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> OK, uh, Chelsea-West Brom. Um, now, this last season was a 2-2 draw. And for some reason, it sticks out in my mind, and I can't remember why. It's something Jose-like happened in this game. And it's something this might have been the game where Matic came on and then was subbed off again. Something odd like that.
0: Um, yes. Yes, I think you're right about that. I think that is what happened, yes. And because I think I read that recently in the Opta football yearbook. Oh,
1: okay. Did you see Eva Eva Carnera won Woman of the Year in in football?
0: And is on the front cover of Vogue magazine. Oh, is she? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, excellent. Or the forthcoming issue. Mm. Can you see anything (laughs) other than Chelsea win? Sorry, you were going to say something.
0: Okay. No, in answer to your question. Mm. But will please somebody applaud West Brom? I'm going to applaud West Brom right for... here. Uh, for being seventh, for having more points and scored more goals than any season apart from
1: 2012-13. Well, especially with Tony Pughley having so much on his plate at the minute.
0: Uh I, is that a thing I don't understand
1: that's his tax bill or he's, not his tax bill that's his amount he's got to pay back to Crystal Palace isn't it
0: Uh oh that thing yeah mm. I did see that um, I no think... I just like <laughs> West Brom okay here's an interesting thing mm. it might be interesting these are the two teams in the Premier League who have picked uh, the same player the most number of times so, Chelsea have had six players who've played in all 14 Premier League games so far this season. West Brom have had five. That's the two most. That's one of the reasons these teams are both doing so well.
1: Do you know where those players are?
0: Uh, I can tell you, yes.
1: That's 11. Go on, let 11 out of that team. Let's start.
0: Uh, okay, so you're West Brom. Well, mm, yeah, but unfortunately, you've already got two goalkeepers. Uh, West Brom, Foster, McCauley, Fletcher, Dawson and Rondon. mm Chelsea, Aspilaqueta, Courtois, Cahill, Diego Costa, Kante, Hazard.
1: Can you imagine Costa and Rondon playing up front together?
0: I That would be amazing.
1: <laughs> some, yeah, They'd play 4-4-2, wouldn't you, with Hazard on one wing and one of the other names you said on the other.
0: Um, well, your central midfield would have to be Fletcher and Kante. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you'd have a defence of Cahill and McCauley in the middle, Dawson on the left. No, Dawson on the right, Azpilicueta on the left. Yeah, Not too bad.
1: We're playing Courtois on the wing, are we?
0: I think we're going to have to play Courtois. Well, no, maybe play Courtois like, as a target man up front that Costa and Rondon can play off and then have... Hazard yeah Hazard Fletcher and uh Kante as your midfield
1: that's not a terrible team is it
0: it's not the worst no no what are the t- what are the two sides you've picked oh, there's there's two sides who've only picked one player in all 14 games which two sides are they
1: uh, oh for, uh, like an ever present mm-hmm. um, uh, Sanchez
0: Mm-mm. oh no no sorry there are two sides who've only picked one don't understand right okay (laughs) there are 54 players who have been in their team in all 14 games so far
1: are we talking just about chelsea and west brom
0: no we're talking about which two premier league sides have only had one ever present in this season
1: oh okay arsenal
0: no they've got two
1: Oh, you said that earlier on at the start of the podcast, didn't you? I did. (laughs) You did? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I will go Manchester United. Correct. Is that David De Gea? Yes. Uh, And let me have a look for the other player then. Tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. I was going to say Bournemouth or Harry Arter, but I don't think it's him. Leicester?
0: Uh, No, Leicester have had four. It's, uh, It's City and Fernandinho.
1: Oh, which of course will end this weekend.
0: Indeed it will. Harry Arter for Bournemouth is an ever present
1: But, um, but they,
0: also, they also have uh, Simon Francis and Steve Cook.
1: Uh, um, there's an interview in The Guardian with Harry Arter that looks quite oh. interesting. It's all about how the loss of his daughter and everything and how they're having a new baby in February. Oh, okay. So it looks quite interesting. Um, yeah, Fabregas played a blinded, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> that was... <laughs>
0: I love that. The the self-control required (laughs) to just be like, no, 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 no. All right, go on then, push me over.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I love people getting upset on Twitter afterwards.
0: Who got upset? If you don't admire that level of (laughs) shithousery.
1: So many people get upset at things like this. Well, look at him, blah, 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 blah.
0: That's, That's basically like saying to someone, fight me. And then not hitting them because you can see a coppers walking towards you. Yeah. It's like, it's fucking genius.
1: Football is just entertainment. And that if that's not entertaining, then I think, do you know what? Uh, the Paul of the Manchester United podcast talks a lot about new Manchester United fans. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of a vine gift generation. Yeah, uh, who a plague uh, on their yeah, houses exactly? And if you know, if you're not Michael Carrick and you're doing the nitty gritty work, then Michael Carrick is rubbish. Because look at that goal that Paul Pogba scored. Um, and a lot of these have grown up since '93, not knowing Manchester United being a bit iffy, um, and they get very upset by all sorts of different things. And one of the things they get upset about is players shit against their own team, like David Luiz when he fell over in Old Trafford and he got fouled mm. and he put his hands over his face and had that little smile
0: just that was
1: brilliant just, it's i you know if if no one did it that would
0: also be fine mm. but everyone does it yeah or every every team has a player that does it yeah you know so and, and i think as well if you're the only ones that i'm maybe not so much of a fan of are the ones like alan hutton who uh didn't didn't have or don't have the level of skill and so we're basically just thuggish. Yes. Um, But someone like Diego Costa, he's an extraordinary footballer. Yeah. And and what what Conte's managed to do is maintain that aggressive edge, but without it tipping over. And so instead, he's just playing brilliantly. Yes. But he's not suddenly become a nice person. Just just in that, as he's not suddenly become a not horrible person. He's just. He's just super competitive, and that's one of the things that gives him an edge.
1: Exactly. I always think Cesar Fabregas looks a little bit like Kevin Arnold for The Windies. Years.
0: I have not seen The Windies.
1: No. Never?
0: Um. Well, unless I was really drunk and have forgotten.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was in love with Winnie Cooper for about 20 years. Well, okay. maybe not 20. That makes me sound a bit wrong, but... <laughs> at that time really you've never seen the wonderers
0: i've never seen the wonderers
1: look them up on youtube if they're there yeah they're very very good um two games left to go uh this is mine and yours saints versus um middlesbrough
0: yes uh well we'll be we'll be fine cuz we're at home
1: yeah and what yeah. about what about the liverpool versus west ham uh, west ham won this last season didn't they uh yeah. This was they when they did. kept winning away at all those big grounds. They kept winning away at Arsenal and then they won away at... Um,
0: right, but they
1: couldn't, City.
0: they couldn't do anything at home or at a shit team for love or money. Exactly. Very bizarre. Um, yeah, uh, in fact, oh, to be fair, they did beat Liverpool at home as well last season. Okay. Um <laughs> Yeah, they did the league double over Liverpool for the first time since 1963-64.
1: Oh, brilliant. That's the sort of statistic I can see carrying on after last week. Nah,
0: I wouldn't worry about that. Oh, really? We're going to uh, be alright, are we? I think Liverpool will be fine, and I'd stick. Uh, I'd certainly put money on Winston Reid to get booked.
1: He's suspended, isn't he? <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Did he get sent off last week? No, he didn't, did he? No. No, no,
0: he's. No, he should be fine. He's got six yellow cards, so he should have served his suspension already.
1: Oh, good. Okay, I like Winston Reid.
0: Um, yeah, this, this fixture last season, Philip Coutinho and Mark Noble were both sent off.
1: Yes, they were, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Oh, for stupid things as well, weren't they?
0: Uh, Yes, But and Riley's not refereeing this one, so it should be all right.
1: Oh, is he not? And how are you chaps going to get on? Um,
0: yeah, no, we'll be fine. We'll win but we're not we're do, we're not scoring we're creating plenty of chances mm. um but for some reason even when they're generating shots on target those shots aren't going in whether it's just unlucky or whether there's something i don't know goalkeepers are inspired against us i'm not really sure our away record's pretty crap at the moment too but um uh, we do well on sundays so so apart
1: know. from your home record and your away record you're alright
0: no no our home record's not too bad so our away record does oh, not sorry, just your away record so yeah. you be
1: ok here
0: I, I, yeah I wouldn't be at all surprised I mean Middlesbrough uh, again are sort of doing a bit better than, than maybe people would have thought hmm. um, starting to, to find some sort of um, solidity in, and I think I think we have to remember how good Aitor Karenka has been and how long he's been there for, mm. um, and give him some credit for that. Um, but I can't see Middlesbrough winning this. I would hope not, but then I couldn't see Palace beating us last week. So <laughs> I
1: don't know if it's a force. You probably would have.
0: Ah, uh, don't. <laughs> I just, yeah. He's he's having a terrible season so far. Yeah. Just generally, Sorry. I mean, obviously, obviously that like that clangor was particularly clangy, but just generally speaking, he is not playing well.
1: No,
0: um, and we're giving up so f- it's almost like we're giving up too few shots on target. That he's so surprised when he has to do anything that he lets half of them in. <laughs> That's I'm not kidding. It's depressing me. It's yeah. really depressing me.
1: Well. We shall end this podcast on that depressing note then.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you bastard!
1: Alright. Yeah, <laughs> anything else you want to plug or talk about or mention or anything like that that's grabbed your attention,
0: um, I'm just. I suppose it would be remiss of me not to plug um, the uh, the thing that Ian McIntosh and I are doing for the set pieces. Okay. Uh, we are going. So Ian, Ian, who is kind of the doyen of football manager writing, if that's any kind of claim to fame. Um, did a thing with the new game with Everton and it went horribly, horribly wrong um, and there was uh, kind of a clamour on Twitter to, to to restart it but in some sort of way that, that maybe brought me into it as well and so we are taking on the old firm, Clash he's going to be Celtic I'm going to be Rangers and we're going to be playing against one another uh, so that's very exciting. Oh, excellent. Okay. Yeah. If you like football manager, you'll love
1: it. Yeah. My football championship manager is still stuck in 2000 2001. Fair. Which, the heady days of Zinedine Zidane playing in midfield of Philmore Ryan for
0: Norwich. Halcyon era
1: Yeah. Uh, well, if they want to follow you on Twitter and talk about that, how do they do that?
0: Uh, it's at AFHStewart.
1: Okay. okay. Um and put Neils in Gold is going through a bit of a revamp, is it? It
0: is. It is indeed. Um I've had some uh some work done or I I've I'm doing some work. I've been helped out by a brilliant um uh graphic designer, Henry, um, who runs a blog called Look What It Means to Him, which you should definitely check out if you haven't. Mm. Um and uh, we're gonna be or I'm going to be I don't know why I talk about the blog in a plural it feels odd to kind of take sole ownership of it, even though it's just me um I'm going to be relaunching it shortly uh it looks very different um it's gonna have a much more kind of glossy, interesting feel to it gonna kick on and provide a lot more um in the sort of book review cultural stuff that we've been doing, and hopefully it'll go well.
1: Cool, we well, we'll definitely look forward to that. Um, mm. Ross and the guys hopefully back on Sunday to uh, review the games that we have previewed. Um, we are part of the World Football Index, so you can download other podcasts from uh, World, at World Football Lives, their Twitter feed. You can download podcasts to do with Serie A, um, La Liga, uh, Russian football, South American football, Premier League football, all sorts tactics, the lot. So you can um, follow them and uh, subscribe either via iTunes or ACAST or your whatever else you have on your smartphone. If you like what you hear, you can rate reviews on iTunes. Uh, Colin, I think, still has some fridge magnets left over for uh, any five star reviews. Um, Mananpost.com is the website. If you want to get in touch, you can email uh, Chris at com if you want to talk about writing for us as well. Um, so thank you very much, Alex. Thank you very much. And all that Rainsbury said is always keep your man on the post.